This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alex Tai. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 12th of April. In your squiz today, a prominent Liberal quits over the voice, another mass shooting in the US, trade tensions with China ease, and the latest word on Scrabble. This is your squiz today. Last week, we had a major update on The Voice when we learned that the federal Liberal Party would not support the proposal for a constitutionally enshrined voice to parliament for Indigenous Australians. Well, yesterday, we got news that Julian Lisa, one of the most prominent Liberals in the debate, has quit the party's front bench over that decision. Yeah, that's right. Julian Lisa was the shadow Attorney General and also the shadow Minister for Indigenous Australians. And he's been a long-time advocate for Indigenous recognition in the Constitution. He also worked very closely on the voice proposal for the last couple of years. So it's not exactly a surprise that Lisa wants to campaign for the yes side at the upcoming referendum. But if he'd stayed on the front bench of the Liberal Party, he would have been bound to the party's no position. So yesterday he announced that he's going to move to the party's backbench where he's able to campaign for The Voice without an issue. It's worth being very clear that Lisa is still in the Liberal Party and he wanted to be very clear that he still supports the Liberal Party and its leader, Peter Dutton but his resignation does make things a little awkward for Dutton. Yeah, and for his part, Dutton yesterday thanked Lisa and said that he understood his position, Uh, but he also said that Lisa's position is at odds with the majority of Liberal MPs and Senators. And Lisa isn't the only Liberal to break with the party over the voice. Last week, former Indigenous Australians Minister Ken Wyatt, who was in the Morrison government, he quit the party entirely highly over their no position. And the same thing happened for Andrew G. He quit the Nationals back in December when they declared that they would be campaigning for the no vote. And at the state level, Australia's only remaining Liberal Premier, that's Jeremy Rockcliffe of Tasmania, he said that he would be supporting the Yes campaign at the referendum. Liberal Senator Andrew Bragg, who is also pro The Voice, he hasn't quit, but he has come out to congratulate Lisa, saying it's a principled stand and that the referendum now has a better shot at success. Meanwhile, Labor has taken the opportunity to stick the boot into Peter Dutton, with several senior Labor ministers saying that it's not too late for Dutton to reconsider his position. We are once again talking about gun deaths in America, Claire. A bank employee in Louisville, Kentucky, opened fire in his workplace, killing five people and injuring at least eight others. Yeah, the gunman has been identified as a 25-year-old man. Police say that he used an AR-15 assault-style weapon to carry out the attack at the old National Bank. He also live-streamed that shooting on Instagram. Uh, The shooting ended when police killed the gunman, so it was a pretty grim affair. Uh, He worked at the bank and he had recently been told that he was fired. That's what re- 
reports say. Uh, so far this year, America has already had 146 mass shootings. Uh, that's where four or more people are shot. Uh, that includes this latest attack in Kentucky. That is more mass shootings than we've had days in the year. After the shooting, US President Joe Biden released a statement mourning the violence and calling on Republicans in Congress to pass stronger gun laws. I don't know about you, Claire, but if you have been trying to sell barley recently, it has been tough. (laughs) That's because China, one of our biggest markets, imposed trade sanctions on Aussie barley in 2020. Alex, funnily enough, I haven't been trying to sell (laughs) barley much recently, but I have seen those reports and these barley sanctions, and there were many others as well, they were in response to our then Prime Minister Scott Morrison calling for an inquiry uh, into the origins of COVID. And now Foreign Minister Penny Wong says that China is going to make a relatively speedy three-month review into the barley sanctions. Uh, That's a sign that our trade dispute with China China might be starting to thaw a bit. Uh, For our part, Australia is going to temporarily halt our appeal uh, that we made to the World Trade Organisation over the sanctions. Bali was a big one for Aussie exports. China had targeted those in the past few years, but there's also those sanctions on wine, timber, beef and lobsters and a whole lot more. So many Aussie industries were affected by this trade dispute. Now, though, with the latest signals over Bali, our trade minister, Don Farrell, says he's very confident that the China trade dispute can be resolved. I don't know about you, Claire, but if you have been trying to ransom some hacked financial data recently, it has been (laughs) tough. Latitude Financial was hacked earlier this year and details from a whopping 14 million customers were stolen, but the company has said it will not pay a ransom. Um, Funnily enough, Alex, I haven't been trying (laughs) to ransom hacked data. I've been a bit busy doing other things. Uh, But look, when it comes to that front, it seems that Aussie companies uh, do pay ransoms. A lot of them do do that, but Latitude Financial is one that says that it's not going to. Uh, It's that lending company that provides personal loans, amongst other things, to millions of Australian consumers also from over the ditch in New Zealand. Um, They're along the lines of those very popular buy now, pay later services. Uh, It means that when hackers got into Latitude's databases, they scooped up 7.9 million driver's licences, as well as other records with names and phone numbers and uh, birth dates and the like. And we learned yesterday that Latitude's not paying a ransom. The CEO, Bob Bellin, uh, says that there's simply no guarantee that doing so would result in customer data being destroyed. The decision not to pay a ransom was also made on the advice of the Australian government, which has been hoping that without ransom payments, the hackers will eventually stop targeting Aussie businesses. Our cybersecurity minister, Claire O'Neill, said that ransom payments only serve to fuel the hackers' business model. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au. 
If you're a word nerd, you might already know this, but there was a Scrabble showdown over the Easter weekend. Alex, I don't play Scrabble, so I don't I don't think I've ever played Scrabble, to be honest. But that's you should. It's a great <laughs> game, Claire. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's terrific and I love words, so I reckon it probably would be something I should try. But it doesn't actually really surprise me that much that there's an Australian Scrabble Championships and they play it out over Easter. Uh, the recent version happened in Melbourne over the weekend and 18 of Australia's top 20 best scrabblers were there. Uh, Taking it out was an accountant named Nawin Fernando. Uh, He took out the top prize and he scored 194 points with one word. You tell me that's very, very impressive, Alex. (laughs) He got a triple word bonus uh, using the word improving. You've got to hit those, Claire, when you start playing, you've got to hit those red squares. All the pros know it. (laughs) Fernando has won himself a spot in the World Scrabble Championships, which are held in Las Vegas, of all places, in July. I can just imagine the Scrabblers in Las Vegas. (laughs) Squiz the day, Claire. I will be celebrating the International Day of Human Space Flight by sitting on the couch and Googling James Webb photos. Anything you're looking forward to? Look, I'm looking forward to our final episode of How Far We've Come. Mm. Our colleague Alice takes us through a whole series of how women's financial independence has really taken big steps forward. The last episode is out. You'll see that in the Squiz Today feed, uh, focusing on paid parental leave. So a really big one when it comes, of course, to families and particularly women uh, and how they're able to work. It is an excellent series. Thank you for listening to The Squiz today. We'll be back tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.